When planning the development of a new app, one of the basic questions that you need to answer is will you develop a web app or a native app? In this episode, we'll break down the pros and cons of web apps and native apps. Welcome to Copec Explained Software, the podcast where we make computing intelligible. This week, we're talking about an essential question at the beginning of the life cycle of an app development project. Should you develop a web app or a native app? Well, let's start with just defining the difference. What's a web app? And today, we're going to be mainly contrasting between web apps for mobile platforms and native apps for mobile platforms. A lot of our discussion would also be relevant to desktop platforms like Mac and Windows, but we're going to be talking about building a native app for Android or iOS versus building a mobile web app. When we think about a web app, one of the key characteristics is obviously that it runs in a web browser. That means that it's programmed generally in JavaScript with the layout in HTML and CSS. We did a previous episode on how the web works, which I'll link to in the show notes. But essentially, a web app is an app that the client side runs in a web browser and the server side runs on a web server somewhere. Um, so if I'm going to use the app, I go on to Safari or Firefox or whatever browser I'm using, and that's where I access it. Right. And so for the developer, you're actually just distributing the app through your web server. You're not distributing it through a app store. And that's one of the key differences that we'll get into later on. And we're thinking about this whole episode kind of from the lens of the developer, not as much through the lens of the user. There's a lot of benefits, actually, of distributing your own app. You can update it anytime you want to by just releasing a new version on your web server without having to ask anybody for permission. And the distribution can't be restricted because you're in charge of the distribution. A downside, though, of this kind of distribution is that the app is not actually permanently installed on the user's device. So the user may forget about your app because they just don't see it regularly. Sure, they can bookmark it. And most mobile operating systems have a way of actually creating an icon on the home screen for a particular web app, but it's not as sticky as a native app is. Another chief benefit of a web app is that they're cross-platform by design. So when you develop a web app, you're generally testing against all the common web browsers, but everybody uses about three or four different web browsers and they all really do things pretty much the same way. There will be some subtle differences. But if your app runs in a web browser, then it can run on any platform that has a web browser. So you're cross-platform by design. So is a native app pretty much just something that lives on the device? Yes. And from a technical standpoint, what that means is a native app is something that is written and compiled into machine code, machine code that is specific to a particular hardware platform. For example, I compile an app for iOS, it runs on the ARM microprocessor inside of an iOS device, is tied to the libraries that come bundled with iOS, and it wouldn't then go run on an Android device or on a Windows computer. So native apps are tied to the platform that they are native to. It's an app that does not, of course, run in a web browser. A web browser is a sandboxed, interpreted environment, whereas a native app is running right on the metal. But being platform-specific is also a major downside. They're by default not cross-platform. They are specific to one particular hardware platform and operating system. And they're distributed as executable binaries. And that means that they actually need to somehow get downloaded 
onto a user's device. And the most common way for that in the mobile world is through an app store, such as Apple's App Store or the Google Play Store. Let's dive a little deeper into the pros and cons. Yeah, and let's start with web apps, and then we'll do pros and cons of native apps later. And we've already talked about a couple of these, but we're going to go in more detail now. So one of the pros for web apps is going to be just that it's more approachable, like more people know how to program for the web environment. That's right. It's a more general skill set than developing for iOS or Android. For example, we'll get into this later, but if you're developing for iOS, you need to know the Swift programming language and you need to know Apple's UI frameworks like Swift UI or UIKit. There are many more developers who know how to develop an HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, the technologies of the web platform, than there are that know Swift and Swift UI. So you're going to have a much bigger pool of developers who can potentially build a web app than can build an iOS app. Another pro is just also going to be how easy it is to get it out to the masses, so to speak. Absolutely. You just put it on your server and then people can access it from a URL. You need to distribute that URL, but nobody has to download anything. There's not that extra step of going to the App Store. Now, the App Store is a pro and a con, and we'll get more into the App Store later on. But in terms of the step of actually making it available to other people, not necessarily even like how they access it, but just getting it out there, it's simply just publishing it on your own web server. And that's instantaneous, and that means you can also change it and update it instantaneously without needing anyone else's approval. So you get to keep more control of your app. Absolutely. You have complete control in a web app. And then another pro we've already talked about is the fact that it's cross-platform. You're not relying on it being just for iOS or just for Android. Right. It's going to run anywhere. As long as the platform has a web browser, your app will be accessible from that platform. All right, we discussed the pros. Let's dive a little deeper. What are the cons? One of the big cons when developing a web app is that you don't have direct access to the hardware. And while JavaScript has APIs for a lot of common hardware, for example, there's ways from JavaScript to access the camera or access the GPS chip to get the device's location, you don't have access to specialized hardware. So if you need to do anything with non-standard hardware or hardware that's very specific to a particular device, you can't do that in a web app. And then what about the user interface? Could that be a con as well? Yes, the UI is not generally going to conform to platform norms. When you build a web app, you usually build one UI that's used on either Android or iOS or Windows or the Mac. You don't usually build a specific version of your website that's going to be viewed on iOS versus one that's going to be built on Android, although that is possible. Your app is not going to feel as at home for the user as a native app would that uses the same widgets that every other app on their system uses. Yeah, I feel like that's the experience I've had when I use web apps where it just like isn't as pretty. Right, absolutely. And then another con, we talked about restricted access to hardware. You also have restricted access to platform-specific technologies and APIs. Let me give you an example. Let's say Apple or Google has an augmented reality library, which both of them do, that you want to use. That library might only be accessible from a native app. So as a web app, you're not going to be able to make use of that really cool library that could add some really cool features to your app. All right, let's talk about native apps. One of the pros is actually performance. Yes, on average, native apps are going to perform better than web apps. There's a few reasons for that. One is that web apps are running often on a client-server model. 
Some native apps are too, but web apps, it's really the norm. And so we're often passing data across the network when we're taking any action. This is going to slow things down because we're going to be dependent on network latency. But web apps are also just less performant in general because they're often built in JavaScript. And JavaScript is a less performant programming language being just in time compiled or interpreted than natively compiled languages like Swift, for example. So on average, a native app is going to perform better than a web app. And if you're doing something very high performance, like a game that has really intense graphics or some kind of scientific computation, you're almost always going to want to do it as a native app. Another pro is going to be the access that a native app has to the hardware. Right. The rest of the pros that I want to talk about are really just the inverse of the cons that we talked about for web apps. With a native app, you're going to have direct access to the hardware or at least to the hardware APIs that the platform vendor provides. You're going to have access to all those native libraries that the platform vendor provides. And you're going to have a native UI. Your UI is really going to feel at home for the user. You can make your UI really match what all the other apps on their system look like. And that's going to create some familiarity right off the bat, which is not only more comfortable for the user, but actually can also make your app more accessible. Speaking of accessibility, that's another pro of native apps. Native apps can take advantage of all the built-in accessibility technologies that come with Android and iOS. There are some accessibility technologies on the web platform. They're not as robust as the accessibility technologies that are in native apps. And similarly, the cons are are also connected to the pros of web apps. Right. Um, the curated distribution, right? So when you have a native app, especially in the mobile sphere, it has to go through an app store to really get wide distribution. And those app stores are curated, meaning that your app actually has to be approved by Apple or Google to appear on the iOS app store or the Google Play store. Now, there might be some things that you want to develop that can't actually be on those app stores. One reason is you might have a revenue model that they don't approve of, but another reason might actually be content. Let me give you an example. Then this is a really obvious one. But if you want to do something that includes some kind of pornography, and that might not even be just pure pornography, but something that goes against the content restrictions that Apple and Google provide, you're not going to be able to do that in a native app. There's some censorship that happens with native apps. Absolutely. And you also might want to get around the App Store because you don't want to give Apple or Google 30% of your revenue, which is what they take for subscriptions and in-app purchases for companies that are larger than a certain size. And that's pretty significant. And so for that reason alone, there are some things that are published as web apps instead of as native apps because they don't want to do that revenue share. And then when there are new platforms, you got to rewrite your program? Right. Like we talked about at the beginning, web apps are by default cross-platform. When you're developing a native app, you build one version for iOS, one version for Android. That's really two different versions that need to constantly be updated every time you have a new feature. Both of them need to get updated. Both of them need to be maintained. Both of them need to have security patches. And so in some ways, it's almost like double the work. And it might even mean double the amount of people you need. Right. It tends to be that people specialize in iOS development or Android development. So you might actually have two separate teams. And that's especially common at larger companies. Large companies will have an iOS development team and they'll have a separate Android development team. Sometimes there's alternatives. And we'll talk about a few of those later on in this episode. There are a lot of positives for native apps, right? They seem to be kind of winning out. 
Right. By being able to take advantage of more platform-specific features, more advanced libraries, having higher performance, there's a lot of benefits here. The main downside tends to be that distribution model, the cost of having two different teams, and it might actually be harder to even hire those teams in the first place because it's a more narrow skill set. But consumers, like the people using the apps, seem to like native apps better. That's definitely been the trend that we've been seeing. If you go back to the mobile revolution, starting with the iPhone and then Android a year later, when smartphones went from just being something that some people were using to something that everybody was using, we've seen the adoption of native apps become really, really widespread. People thought, and there's been a lot of discussion in the programming community, that web apps would make a comeback. And in the 15 years since the iPhone, we really haven't seen that. If you think about the most common apps you use every day on your smartphone, most of them you're probably accessing through native apps. I'll give you an example. Facebook, right? Facebook originally didn't have a great mobile strategy when the iPhone and Android launched. And they had to pivot because everybody was moving to mobile. And when people moved to mobile, they didn't want to use the Facebook website on mobile. They wanted a Facebook native app. Um, and even to this day, I'm sure you go and open the Facebook app, you could go to the mobile Facebook website, but you probably don't do that very much. Consumers have spoken in favor of native apps for many of the reasons that we talked about earlier. They prefer that performance. They prefer that native UI. They prefer that ability to integrate with native platform technologies. So having a native app has really become a must if you're a big consumer software company or a big company that distributes consumer software. For the programmer, besides different languages, what are some other ways that it's different to program for a native app or a web app? Yeah, the most obvious thing is the languages you're going to be using. So when you're developing a web app, you're going to be using HTML, CSS, and JavaScript generally. There are some alternatives. There's ways of compiling other languages to JavaScript or to WebAssembly, which is a newer technology. But the vast majority of web apps are developed in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. If you're building a native app for iOS, you're generally going to be working in Objective-C or Swift, mostly Swift today. And on the Android side, you're probably working in Java or Kotlin. There might be other languages like C++ that you're using on either platform, but those are, in general, much more platform-specific languages like Kotlin or Swift, not these more well-known general-purpose languages like JavaScript. What about how you test the app? Yeah, with a web app, you need to test on multiple different web browsers. There are subtle differences. There are web standards, and we talk about this on our previous episode about the web, which I linked to in the show notes. But um, there are subtle differences, so something might work well in Chrome, and then it doesn't quite work correctly in Firefox, or there might even be some new web standards that Chrome supports that Firefox doesn't, or vice versa. And then there's Safari, and there's still Microsoft Edge. And then there's weird, not very well-known web browsers as well. And so you actually have to still do quite a bit of testing, even though you're coding against a standard that's supposedly cross-platform. So one nice thing, though, when you're testing is there's what's called the instant refresh cycle. You have a new version of your web app. Um, you put it on your server or you're even developing it locally on your machine. And you can just hit refresh in the browser and instantly see the new version. When you're testing a native app for iOS or Android, you're testing in a simulator or an emulator. And it's not quite that kind of hot reload experience. And the simulator or the emulator is actually not good enough on its own. So you actually have to go and test if it's a serious app on real hardware as well. And that means you might literally have a bunch of test devices. So you just imagine a big company has some lab where they have like tons of different models of iPhone. 
and they have some software that automatically builds their new version of their app and installs it on all these different iPhones. And then somebody actually checks that it works well. There's automated tests, of course, but then usually there'll also be a human being that that double checks as well uh, that these hardware devices are running the app correctly. So it's pretty laborious on both sides. It's just different. And I want to talk about distribution differences again as well. So we talked earlier about the curation on the app stores, how you have to go through the review process. There are some ways around that. Specifically on the Android side, there's what's known as sideloading, which is the ability for a binary to actually be downloaded from a website and installed on an Android device. There is proposed legislation in Europe that would require this of Apple as well. And there's even talks in the US Congress of requiring Apple to have a way around the app store. Um, These are kind of antitrust type issues. However, at this time, there is no sideloading on iOS that is possible for your average consumer. So you can get around the app stores on the Android side, and you can't really get around the app store on the iOS side. And another kind of interesting thing is on the Android side, there's actually more than one app store. There's a Google Play Store, but Amazon also has an app store, and there's other alternative third-party app stores as well. So the Google Play Store is generally where you want to distribute, but you might want to distribute in these other app stores as well to reach as many consumers as possible. So distribution is a whole different ballgame in the native app world than in the web app world. So if the trend over time has been for native apps, you might ask, why would you still make a web app today? Well, there's a bunch of reasons. One is it's generally going to take less time and cost less money. There's more developers that can make web apps, and that's what goes into that economic equation. It's also of course, easier to do them cross-platform. You don't have to make two different versions. And web apps are still great for prototyping and proof of concepts. Before you do that investment in making two native versions, maybe you want to see how the web app goes. And of course, we talked about distribution of content that's not allowed on the curated app stores. So you want to make something that has some content they don't allow, or you want to do something that doesn't have a rev share with Apple or Google. There are some apps that combine native and web technologies though, right? Yeah, there's what's called hybrid apps. Hybrid apps might be native apps that have a web view within them. So part of the app is actually delivered as a web page inside of a native app. And some apps take this to an extreme. I remember there was a banking app in the early days of iOS that you would download it on the app store and open it. And all it would really be would just be a website inside of that little native shell. Um, So there are different degrees of this. And there are even frameworks like Titanium and Cordova for doing this to a really sophisticated degree. Um, It has a lot of the same pros and cons of web apps, but hybrid apps can be distributed in the app stores because they do have that native shell. So hybrid is a specialized approach, but it's not generally an ideal approach because you have some of the same downsides that web apps have more generally. And then there's such thing as cross-platform frameworks that are really meant to help native apps be a little bit easier to build. That's right. Um, And these are frameworks like .NET MAUI, React, Native, Flutter. Um, We're going to do a future episode on cross-platform frameworks, so I don't want to do a deep dive right now. But they have some of the same pros and cons kind of flipped in different places between native apps and web apps. But they are actually native apps. They are apps that are um, built into binaries. But they use technologies that allow an overlay layer um, on top of the native platform APIs. And they do that in different ways, each of the frameworks. 
So we'll do a deeper dive on a future episode, but they're an interesting alternative and they've become more and more popular over the last few years. That said, they certainly have not displaced native apps. If you look at the top 100 apps on the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store, you'll find the majority of them are still written as native apps not using cross-platform frameworks. And in that future episode, we'll talk about when they make sense and when they don't. So let's summarize a bit. Web apps are cross-platform and run within web browsers. Where native apps are more performant and can take advantage of platform-specific technologies, but are more expensive to develop. Distribution of web apps is through web servers, and that bypasses the app stores and allows for instant updates. Whereas when you distribute a native app, you have to go through the app stores, and then you're having to go through some hoops, and you have to go through some content restrictions and a revenue share with Apple or Google. It's a hard decision deciding whether to build a web app or a native app if you're a small team and you have a limited budget. If you're a big company today, you almost always develop a native app. And sometimes you consider using a cross-platform framework to ease development. And we'll get more into that in a future episode. Thanks for listening to us this week. Rebecca, how can people get in touch with us on Twitter? We're at Kopec Explains, K-O-P-E-C-E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.